Blog Talk Radio. up y'all it's yours truly the gap to guru of gumbo we are trying to get internet service back going on in this section we reset the internet but this is still the gumbo talk show and we're going to have the show tonight but listen here what i'm going to attempt to do is get y'all something to listen to while we go through this process of trying to remediate issues that seem to happen right just two minutes Before the show starts, everything's set up, and then everything breaks down. But this topic tonight, just like in those other times that the show, you know, started to cut up, it's the enemy that doesn't want this message to go out because I believe this one is going to be a doozy. So let me get y'all some vibes to listen to while we're waiting on the Internet to come back alive. And uh, while you listen to the music, just uh, get yourself prepared and in tune with uh, wanting to hear this message about talking soup and getting this out about what's going on in our world today. So that being said, here we go. I'll try to play this music right here for you. Good, bad, happy, or sad. 
What's up, y'all? It's yours truly, the Gap 2 Guru. They thought they were going to hold me down, right? I couldn't get on. Things weren't happening. So here we are. The show is live and airing. As you can see, I'm using a phone instead of my setup because right in right at the beginning of the show, like 7.59, all of a sudden, the Internet goes out. The whole Internet, it's still out. And that has nothing to do with us. But nevertheless, y'all don't want to hear my woes. We hear at the show is Talking Soup on the Gumbo Talk Show. Yours truly, the Gap 2 Guru, the Gumbo. And we're going to get this thing going. I think that um, I've made up my mind that I'm going to go get me a cheap phone, you know, one of them $30 phones. Maybe even if they got one that's $20 a month. Y'all have to let me know who got them cheap phones. I just need something that I can dial on. They don't even have to have a screen on it. I'm almost ready to give me one of them um, uh, flip phones, right, just so I can make the calls on it. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, so I can make calls on it. So I'm glad that all of y'all are tuned in. Y'all found me. I'm, I'm late because of the technical difficulties, but I figured it out. Um, it's um, it's crazy, y'all. You remember a few weeks ago when we was doing some heavy talking or some heavy shows, the Internet service and Facebook started tripping. And then when I went light, I could tell it was something that was going light. I started, uh, the show was there, and I was like, okay, there's something with this. It used to happen way back in the gap, but nevertheless, because tonight we're talking soup, we talk about things that are going on. Now, Stacy, I saw that 999. What is what is that all about? Why is the Herman Cain's 999 campaign all of a sudden something? I saw Tanrika earlier posted that she was going to sit back and sip tea and eat popcorn while they're waiting on the 999. I'm good, B. I'm good, bro. And what's up, Stacy? Tell me about this 999 thing. I can join y'all in. So if y'all want to join, I can join y'all into this thing, and you can talk with me if you want to because uh, that's possible. I don't know how to do it, but I know it's possible when you're on this live. 
I want somebody to tell me about this 999. Hey, Ma. But y'all tell me about that. But listen, this craziness with um, Russia possibly putting a hit out on soldiers and then the president and his crew acting like it didn't happen and they keep coming up with this information. Anytime somebody get killed and you acting like you want to get facts and stuff, but you ready to bomb dude from Iran when he had killed a bunch of people way before a dude was in office, and now the Iranians got a warrant out on him. Now, this dude got three baby mamas, right? He um, got a history of using dope. He got uh, a warrant for his arrest. Um, he talks a lot of shit. If this ain't a nigga in, in the office, um, this dude here is more of a nigga than anybody else has been in office. And uh, I'm just excited that all this negativity has happened happening now around somebody like this individual and it's not happening and it didn't happen for President Obama. I just I'm just took a pick. Now I don't get involved in a lot of stuff. I don't watch a lot of news. So hence I don't know why this nine 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 thing has popped back up. I haven't had time to to lift my head up above water to, to research what's the big deal with that. Because of course this internet is still down so I can't research while I'm on the show. Uh, to find out what 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 that's all about, but nevertheless, I remember the nine nine nine. Here's the other thing that's, that was been popping off. So we still don't have the murderers of Breonna Taylor in jail. What, what's what's the deal? Um, I am not the brightest or shiniest penny by any means. In, in the lot, but how come George Floyd's killers were arrested and charged? Ahmaud Arbery's killers were arrested and charged, but yet Breonna Taylor's killers weren't arrested and charged. Um, I know that with enough pressure and what I see is going on, it's quite possible that it's going to happen soon. But my thing is, and I said this last week, charity starts at home. A lot of people ask me over the years, they asked me one time back in the day, they asked me, man, are you going to Gina? I said, no. They said, man, are you, are you going to Baton Rouge? No. Are you going to something, something, something? And then it got Minneapolis and then now Louisville and Sanford. I remember Sanford was a big one. Was I going to Sanford? No. Um, I was the biggest advocate and support. I got to talk to Sabrina Fulton back in the day. I had relationships with the attorney. Um, Try to get the attorney to come to Longview. But that's the thing I'm bringing up here when we talk in soup. Listen. Y'all jump on these campaigns. That's what I call it. They're campaigns. It's for cause, but it's a campaign to help out situations that are away from your neck of the woods. But then things happen right here in your backyard. And when I say here, I'm not just talking Longview. I'm talking I see Colleen is on here. I see Marshall is on here. I see East Moline, uh, Lakeport. Um, who else? Who else? I don't want to miss nobody. Uh, Tyler. 
um, and Alexandria, Louisiana. I'm just talking to y'all and, and those of y'all that are uh, listening in in, in, Shre- in Shreveport. Yeah. Um, what do you do at home? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because although I care about the national issues that come up because everybody gets on board with them, I care more about what happens locally. So let me tell you how I got a chance to be on the phone several times with um, Benjamin Crump, who was the attorney for Trayvon Martin's family and is the attorney now for George Floyd's family and many other families of people who've been uh, murdered by the police unjustly. The police shot a boy named Josh Thomas here a few blocks. The way I'm facing y'all, straight ahead down, right down this street at the corner down here, Shot him six times. Four of the six shots were center mass shots. And then one in the arm over here and one in the back of the other arm. The boy went to the hospital and got out in less than 48 hours. None of the bullets were able to penetrate past his rib cage. It was like the bullets bounced off of his I said, man, you blessed. I said, you got a purpose. Long story short, he had a BB gun, but there's no way they could have known that because he didn't pull it out. It was in his waistband. They just got scared because he hit the corner at the same time. They were trying to sneak up on somebody, and one out of three officers shot his gun six times. Three shots came when the boy – no, he shot it nine times. Three or four shots came after the boy was on the ground. Not posing any threat. But nevertheless, dude had a little history. He was involved in games, but that that, that, that officer didn't know that. Um, afterwards, he was arrested like three or four times by the police because of they were being scared. A boy with not so much of a record in young was going to uh, virtually – take the police department down for this wrongful shooting that the supposedly, what do you call it, the Texas Rangers come in and investigate but the Texas Rangers. Let me tell you what they do. If you don't watch the Texas Rangers and stay on it, what they do is they are great cover-up artists. Okay? They cover up police malpractices like nobody else. But they can also stick charges on people like nobody else. They're like the next step down from the feds, right, the state boys. They investigated, and they let these three officers go, and especially the one that did the shooting. So you have all this, what's going on, Wilbur, going on across the country. People right in their own backyard rarely jump in to fight that's local. And why don't you? The reason why people, I'm going to tell you, they don't jump in it is because they're really truly scared. And the scary part is somebody finding out that you support something that is virtually the right thing to support, but people you either work for or work with are diametrically opposed. And you are scared to have them conversations with, with anybody uh, because you're afraid of what might come about. 
Listen, there's no change, there's no growth, there's no development without a few pains. And most of us, the only thing we may have to deal with is um, an argument. Very few people have to deal with losing blood or tears even over standing up for what is right anymore. But the hardest thing to do is stand up for what's right in your own neighborhood, in your own city, because you know people that are probably involved on both sides of the conflict. And so you're forced to choose sides. But let me remind you, let me remind you that being lukewarm is just like vomit, okay? I mean, I didn't say it. It's in the Bible somewhere that being lukewarm is just like vomit. Right? It's no good. You're either hot or you're cold. You pick a side, left or right. Now, when you pick a side, I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong, right? I'm not saying that. I'm saying you pick a side because it is a side that you happen to easier, be easily um, motivated by, and it's a side that you can relate to. So you pick that side. And if you find out that you're wrong here, a few years ago, I had asked this lady, Cassia Williams, if she was running for office. Because everybody thought I was going to run for office when uh, Sidney Bell Willis had her last term. And uh, they thought, you know, Brandon might run for office. I was like, no, you don't have to worry about that. So what happened was I went to the next person that was community involved, Cassia Williams. And I said, Cassia? Are you going to run for office? She said no. And then I didn't really know anybody else that was going to run. I didn't really hear about anybody. And then I found out that a lady named Victoria Wilson was running, white woman. I said, I know Victoria. Um, I know she has a rebel flag on her phone. She has a Confederate flag on her phone. But I told her, you got to get rid of that um, if I'm going to you know, run with you. I shouldn't have never even helped her. But I started off with that campaign helping her. Then I found out that uh, Ray Wade was going to run. So I told her, I said, look, I can't help you. I got Ray Wade running. At the time, he was a good, good close friend of mine, and, you know, I just I was going to roll with him. And then there were some people working in that campaign I just could not deal with. I couldn't work with. I said, no, I don't work on a team of people that I can't consider a team. I'm going to have to buy out of this. And then, lo and behold, Kasha came into the race, and she ran. Kasha eventually won. And she ran out her terms um, for, for, for city council for the nine years and did a pretty good job. Um, the, the thing of it was, was I switched teams. I had no bones about it because when it was a better team, something I'm more related to, I switched. Okay. And then when it became something I didn't want to deal with, I backed out because I'm volunteering. And that's what most of us are doing. A lot of people get locked into doing volunteer work. And they feel like it's a must that they do stuff, even though it's something that they don't want to do. And that's not the way that this world works. Okay? There's no permanent friends and there's no permanent enemies. I've got some friends that will never not be friends. Don't get me wrong, but how many times do you find them? I mean, what, what did the old song say? Um, uh, 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 they said, how many of us have them? Houdini? Friends? We don't have that many in our lifetime. If you're blessed with having more than three real friends in your lifetime, three or more, if you're blessed to have three or more real friends 
in your lifetime. I mean, people that if you call, yeah, they're going to cuss you out for calling at 3 in the morning, but they'd be like, shh, I'm on my way. <laughs> you got very few. Most folks got every excuse in the world to help you out. Now, when it comes time to help them out, you bend over backwards. You know, you there for them. You know, people die in their family, you there. But your, your mama dies, and they got, I got to be at work. When my dad died in Colleen, and I still thank Phyllis and um, Terry for connecting me with this funeral home. I can't remember the name of it, but the funeral home looked at me and looked at my face, and he heard some of the conversations I was having with my family members, um, and them do- that joker cut me a 50% discount. You hear me? Um, all because of the people I knew down in Colleen and 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 how I acted. But my dad was in Colleen. My dad is from Illinois, okay? And he was going to have a cert. He was going to be buried in, in Kentucky. So it was going to be a lot of moving of a body, and my dad told me he wanted to be cremated. Nevertheless, I couldn't stay in Colleen to get the body, and the guy that was supposed to cremate the body um, because everybody doesn't have a crematory, right? They got to send it to places. And it was so backed up that it was last minute. And dude was supposed to meet me halfway at least, or a little over halfway he was going to drive from that funeral home to to bring my dad's remains. Well, I got busy. Plus, I was planning to go to Illinois to have this funeral or memorial service and all that. My friend, Freddie Williams, he said, man, I got you. I'm going to go get your dad. So he went. And met dude halfway. I don't remember exactly where they met at, but it might have been Fairfield, I think. And um, he picked up my dad's remains and brought them to me to the house and handed them over to me. And I thank you. The last minute, he just went and did it. He didn't. Ask, there wasn't no question. He just knew it had to be done. That's a friend. the The point I'm saying is, is that um, what I'm trying to get at is, most of the time, most of the people you're around, they're not permanent. Okay, they're going to eventually change. This is a good lesson for teenagers that think that their friends in high school are going to be their friends, you know, forever. That's just not the case. But it also is for y'all when you're getting involved in all this stuff is going on. What you're going to find is, is you're going to find new people to be friends with because they have more in common with you than probably the people that you've been around half of your life. Because it's a cause, and everybody's stretching out on a limb for the cause. See, when you have this stuff going on now, this is a great time to find out who's friend or foe because you're going to see some people that you thought were cool on the other side of the fence. That whole blue lives matter is a bunch of bullshit. There's no such thing as a blue life. There's a blue culture. There's no doubt. Black is a culture. But at the end of the day, those Mexicans, those white folks, those Asians, that all act black, when the, when the rubber meets the road, they can switch and be Mexican, right? They can be white, and they can be Asian. And they ain't on the team no more when that fire gets under their head. They can go back. A, 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 a police officer, once they take off that uniform, they're no longer a police officer. Yeah, they're licensed with a peace officer's license, but how do you know? Culture is one thing, but ethnicity and the, and the color of your skin is a whole other ballgame. So when people start spitting that Blue Lives Matter stuff, 
You know it's hate. That all lives matter stuff. You know there's hate at the root of it. Because if all lives matter, why is there a discrepancy and a disproportionality? Yeah. And the bar lives matter. Oh, that that's some bullshit. All that all that other stuff is looked as smoke and mirrors to get off of the point. Anytime black folks want to do something, it's going to be smoke and mirrors to get off of the true point. And a lot of y'all take the bait, and you don't even know it. And I don't say nothing no more. I, I'm tired of making enemies out of my people because my mouth will say it, and then here you are, you mad at me. You might be mad at me for years. You might be mad at me for days. You might be mad at me for a few minutes until you realize what I'm saying is the absolute truth most of the time because it's not a popular thing. We like relative truth. What, what, what's the truth to me? And just because it's true to you doesn't mean it's true. I had to learn that for myself. Just because I think I'm handsome and I'm good looking, I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, um, your head kind of big, you got a gap too, you know. You know. I don't know. But it's relative, right? But over the absolute, I'm beautiful, and so are you. Absolutely, because everybody has somebody in this world that's going to love them. Everybody didn't find that person, but that person's out there. Your companion is out there. Watch the smoke and mirrors. There are some people that are going to show you signs that they're not friendly. And this is, this is a big one. Mixed signals. When you get mixed signals from individuals, right, That you might as well call that, you know, some bull, because mixed signals aren't exactly af- affirmation. You dig what I'm saying? Like if somebody, you ask a question or you're with them and you're doing something and then you, you get this vibe about you and you, you start to figure out, like, are they guessing they fool us? I mean, what is this? What are they coming from with this explanation? This explanation is kind of off the wall. And this goes for things when we're dealing with things going on in the world or relationships, period. Relationships is key. I mean, that's everything, right? So you're in a relationship with these folks, right? And if you get mixed signals, if you're, like, you're not sure, like, why are they this way and then they're that way, back up. Just back up. Back up and then get that 30,000-foot view of what's going on just for a second, and then you will start to realize that, hey, look, Maybe that was just a hiccup that wasn't really them. They were having a bad day. Or this is a character flaw, right? And then that character flaw, when that heat, see, something by heat and pressure, like in this climate that we're in now, it's a lot of heat and it's a lot of pressure. So in this climate, you'll start to see the real people, the real person come out. Me, I was telling Tab the other day, I was like, you know, last year, I thought I learned the most that I had ever learned. But this year already, in these last, what has it been, seven months into the month, something of the year, seven months, six months, right? It's been six months. We've had six whole months, and we're now a couple of days into the seven. So we're halfway through the year, right? And I've learned more in these six months than I've ever learned in my whole entire life, including kindergarten. And I learned a lot from Willie Joe Johnson as a boy. I learned a lot from Drusilla Johnson when I became a man. Because me and my mom didn't really get clicked tight till I left off from home to go to college. Because my dad was like, 
I done did what I had to do, and he did. He did a damn good job. There's a lot of things I know about, even though I don't do them, I know what it's supposed to look like or what it's supposed to sound like, right, when it comes to things that move, parts, you know, materials, things like that. My dad taught me a lot of that because we were doing transmissions and engines and decks and remodeling and all that stuff. Let's see here, Carolyn Short. She said, look at Carlin. I ain't seen Carlin in Hey, Carlin, I love you, baby. It's uh, I ain't seen Carlin in a minute. Carlin is a good white woman, y'all. I didn't think there was any good white people in the world until I met Carlin. She's a good white woman. Watching you, running you up out of my trinity. Yeah, the old crazy Vic and Steve. I love you, too. That's a, that, that Carlin is a good man. I'm going to tell y'all, that's a good one right there, y'all. And there's a couple more. I mean, a couple more, but Carlin is solid. Solid. So you, 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 you've got some things. Hey, cuz, I see my Google. Yes, her real, her real name is Magoogle, y'all. It ain't made up. Y'all see it right there. That's my kinfolk. And you say something about it, you're going to have to deal with me and Joe, her husband. You might not want to deal with Joe. You might want to deal with me. So you've got all these people, right, that are in your life. It's okay to let them go, okay? When you get enough pressure and enough heat under a person and they show you who they are, you should believe them. You shouldn't just say, mm, uh, I've been the same probably since I was in, I'm going to say I've been the same since I was in ninth grade. I've been the same since I was in ninth grade. Ninth grade, I moved away from an all-white community where I was trapped. I was, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it, was, it was a bad childhood. Now, listen, when I say bad, I'm not talking in the sense that, we had it bad. My parents both had great jobs. Don't get it twisted. My parents had great jobs. We lived in a huge house. My bedroom, when I became a teenager and I moved out of the bedroom upstairs into the basement, was the size of some people's houses. My bedroom was like six. I don't know my mom could tell you. I'm going to say my bedroom was probably um, 25 feet long by about 15 feet wide. That was my bedroom. I don't know what, let me, let me, I never looked at that, what that is. 25 by 15. Let's see, that's 25, 2 to the 10. That's 12, that's 5, that's 2, that's 5, that's 6, 7, that's 3. My bedroom, my bedroom was three, almost 400 square feet, half the size of a lot of houses. I had an awesome childhood. Right when it comes to finances, I didn't want for nothing. I had a toy room. I had a lot of people that were envious and some that were jealous because I had every toy I wanted. Right, my parents really gave me a great childhood at home. Right, minus their relationship difficulties, that was a little weird. And my dad's improprieties. Right, nevertheless, I had a good childhood at home. But outside of home, it was horrible. And people I thought were my friends when I was a little kid save the Heimbergers. And I'm still cool with Cheryl Heimberger to this day. Cheryl and her son, her husband Jack, and then her two sons, Jason and Jack, and then daughter Rachel were always good to me. Um, but everybody else that I thought was friends, I come to learn that they weren't friends. 
These are all white folks. I live in an all-white neighborhood. Two other black families, but the two other black families had daughters that didn't go to the school I went to. They went to another school, and then also they didn't come outside. I can count on my hand in my first 12 years of life, 13 years of life living in that neighborhood, I can count on one hand that I saw those girls outside the house. And I ain't got to use all fingers, maybe three times in 13 years when we was good little babies all the way up to 13. I didn't see them. So they didn't come outside. They didn't play with us. It was me and a bunch of white kids. And so a lot of them white kids, I thought, oh, these are great friends until we got to the age of understanding. And that word nigger was rolling off of their mouth real easy. And then I figured out that nigger wasn't a, a term of endearment. Those quickly, who I thought were close friends, who I thought liked me, who I thought I was cool with, I come to learn that what they learned from their parents, why I couldn't go in their house, right, why I couldn't spend the night over there, right, and why some of them couldn't come to my house was because I was black. What's up, D? So I, I, I learned quickly, you know, about this whole friend thing, by the time I was 13, by the time I was 11, I'm going to say 9 or 10, I started understanding better. And then by the time I was 11, I started whooping that ass. So by the time we moved out of there when I was 13, 14 years old, I had gotten my understanding in my neighborhood that, you know, I wasn't to be played with like I was as a child. All that spitting on me, pissing on me, and, and rubbing semen all on me and in my clothes at the school. My parents never believed that stuff. I was mad at my parents for a few years because of that situation. But nevertheless, it was something I had to go through and something I had to learn about people. And so as we talk about all this stuff going on, you see these people out there, it's white people, black people, Mexican people fighting. They're out there saying Black Lives Matter and they're doing all that. That's because they got a common purpose. When there's no longer a common purpose, you might lose the sense of Unity because you don't have anything else to fight for. The problem on the other side. They don't really have a purpose. Their whole thing, their whole position is opposition. That's crazy. When your only position is opposition, that means you're based in hate. The only reason that you're motivated is because you don't want to see the other side win. That other side might be right, and you know it in your heart, but you don't want to see him win. That's hate. Don't find yourself in that kind of fight where the only reason that you're out there is because the opposition is the enemy. Your, your, your position, your stance is because your person that you're dealing with, enemy, becomes your enemy. I learned that this year. I used to be one of them people that, you know, I, I, I used to say, we we couldn't be friends. Let me give you let me just give y'all an example. We got what? It's eight thirty eight. We only gonna go about another five, ten minutes, y'all. Not that long. I'm not going an hour. Y'all don't wanna hear me talk for an hour, but you know I could go two hours. The show used to be straight hundred and twenty minutes and I go hard, but I'm getting older now. And y'all gotta go to bed. I understand. And some of y'all gotta get out and about and do your thing and I'm gonna let you do it. But listen Growing up as a teenager, I had three friends. One of them is my, my, probably my dearest friend in the world, even though I don't talk to him that much. His name is Chance Thomas. That's my closest friend in the world. My second closest friend in the world is Derek Nelson. Okay? And then my third closest friend is Freddie Williams. Those have been my three friends that are alive, that are, I said, solid. Now, I had another good friend. His name was Elton. He died. 
right? But when I was growing up, it was, you know, my teenage years, it was me, Chance, and a guy named Arby. We were all click tight. Arby ended up getting in trouble, and Chance's mom helped him out, and then he kind of shit on Chance's mom. Chance, of course, was hot because our friend did that to his mom. He stopped fooling with him. I still fooled with him, but it was, and I still fooled with both of them, but it was very hard to fool with dude knowing he did that. And then Chance started pointing out things of things that we used to do that we could all still be in prison for now. Um, he really left us out to dry. He left us out to dry. You understand? And leaving us out to dry, I come to realize that he wasn't a friend, but I still stayed up with him. I left Illinois. I went to Louisiana and ended up graduating high school and graduating college. And all that time I finished high school and was in college, he was in prison. When I moved to Texas, in my first year of living in Texas, he got out. And it was about a couple of years later we fell out because he was jealous of my situation. It's crazy. Okay? It was crazy. But I found out that this person that I thought was my friend for 10, 12 years, I thought was my friend from when we were like teenagers. Um, was And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? I did not want to let it go, but I had to realize that even though these people have been friends for a very long time, with enough pressure and enough heat, they, the real them comes out and you have to believe what's going on with now, that being said, those of y'all that are out there, those of y'all that are now in the fight, you're doing things, keep doing it. Do the things that matter to you and do the things that you have enough stamina to keep doing. This isn't a temporary thing. You're seeing things shift and happen, arrests being made. You're seeing laws possibly being changed. Some ordinances, some things, some cultures are changing in our country. But by no means has any of that been permanent. Just because it's happened in the last month or so doesn't mean it's going to last for another year or another decade or another century. We have this innate ability to forget about things after about six or eight weeks. Some people say three months. Three months, the issues, you got to go back to work or you got to go do this, you got to do that. You know what I mean? It's something that comes up. And now you're you're no longer uh, effective because you've quit the race. You're now just a bystander. And as a bystander, you're useful uh, because you're out there, but you're not really doing anything. And that's not healthy. So what I'm saying is when you pick a side, then you decide who you're going to roll with. What's up, TD? What's up, Tyson Diller? I see you, bro. My roommate. He a capital, but he all right, y'all. The, the sides and then the purposes and then the longevity is what matters. So I don't know what's going on. And where Y'all still ain't told me, Stacy, what this 999 thing is about. I, I want to know what this 999 thing is all back about again. 
What's going on, Jane? I see Austin out there. That's the that's the car painting man. I need to get my truck painted, by the way. I've got to get it painted. The 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 nine nine thing is that why is that resurfacing? Well, I guess I'm about to research it. Y'all ain't gonna tell me. I asked y'all that thirty five minutes ago and still ain't nobody told me what that nine 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 thing is about why it's resurfaced. We just talking soup tonight, y'all. I've you know, the show started off, they tried to stop me, but I figured out a way to get get ninety seconds per blog talk, but I might go longer with y'all on Facebook. But um I don't know what it's about, the nine 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 thing. I know that this whole thing with police brutality, I'm a firm believer of shifting some of the money away from police into community based things. I'm a firm believer of there being additional training for officers, no, not for officers, for police departments that have any kind of history because you're a brotherhood. So if you're a brotherhood, that means that you are kind of like-minded, right, related, attached. So it needs to be the police departments, not the individual. If one person in the police department does something, that is a direct reflection of its unit, and that means that they feel like they can get away with that stuff. So I think there needs to be additional training. I think that People like, uh, uh, what's that brother from Cornell? Cornell West. I think people like him should offer them the training. So what's HR 5717? I don't know that. I don't know what that is. Man. Y'all, y'all don't believe me when I tell you I don't watch the news. I read some things, but I don't know what that is. Anybody else here know what that is, B? HR 57. Let's get to the gist of what is it about. Because I used to keep up with that. I'm trying to make money now. You want to find me, you're going to find me out there on that grind getting that bread. I ain't, I ain't doing no, no whole bunch of you know, watching CNN and MSNBC and all that. Lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.